What is up, everybody? This is Dave Schmidt, the host of the Lasting Learning Podcast. Super pumped that you are here on this podcast. We talk about game changers. We talk to life changers. We talk about things that really matter. So sit back, listen up, and enjoy Lasting Learning. Welcome back to another bonus edition of the Lasting Learning Podcast. Today's a treat. Today we get to talk to Alina, Zane, and Levi Davis from Orlando, Florida. A mom, a 13-year-old, and 10-year-old son. They all have so much wisdom, so much truth to share about school, about life, and how to make it all better. Enjoy. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Lasting Learning Podcast. I have thoroughly enjoyed these last few episodes. You know, normally I get to speak to adults from all over the world who are doing some amazing things in the world of education. But lately, I've been inspired by a different audience, by a different crowd. And today is going to be absolutely no exception. Because today, I'm being greeted by three people, three guests from about a thousand miles away, who I have never met face to face, but they have a lot to say. I got a family joining us today, two kids and a mom, two kids and an educator who have an amazing perspective on school, what it is and what it could be. So family, thanks for joining us from cloudy and stormy Orlando, Florida. <laughs> it is, yes. Uh, Hi everyone, I'm Alina Davis. Um, I work for Orange County Public Schools as a program specialist for parent and family engagement. So in my day job, I get to help support educators and staff members to find ways to uh, engage their families. And these are my two lovely children. Hi. I am Levi Davis. How old are you? Zane Davis. I am 10 years old. I'm Zane Davis. How old are you? I don't know. <laughs> He's 13. He's a freshman in high school, so. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> I have a, an eighth grader who's 13 as well. And just for the records, because people can't see this, right before we hit record, um, Alina, you had to tell um, them to, to get the Legos off the table, right? Because I think that is so perfect. It's a Saturday afternoon, and Legos are everywhere right now, because yeah. your kids obviously love them and enjoy building and just making stuff. So, yeah, that's awesome. What a great way to spend a Saturday. So I'm going to start with you real, real quick, Alina, if that's okay. Um, describing your job a little bit. So a program specialist focusing on parent and family engagement. So engagement's a big buzzword all across the country right now. Do you have a definition for that? What does it look like to have parent engaged? Excellent. So uh, we actually use a, a dual capacity framework in our district that was developed by Dr. Karen Mapp. She's a researcher out of Harvard. And she kind of looked at the whole systems approach for engaging families. And in order for, for us to really connect schools with parents and learning, we have to have all three pieces together. Um, schools are really good at finding ways to invite parents into for events, but do they really engage them in those events? It's one thing to have an open house where you get to come in and see the school and learn about what's going on, but it's another thing to have an activity where you're actually engaged in the learning process and maybe leaving with a tool that you can also use back at your house with your students. Um, we have a, a, a grant under Title I that helps support and fund 87 parent engagement liaisons um, at 87 Title I schools. And their role is to welcome families from uh, the parking lot to the front door, providing workshops, um, engagement opportunities like that, 
being there for parent conferences as another voice to kind of help support them. We recently taught our engagement liaisons how to ask parents questions and how to get them to learn how to draft their own questions when they go into IEP meetings and parent conferences and things like that. Um, so it's a, it's a new project. We've been doing it for about three years and it's an exciting job because I get to see the joy in the families and in the staff that really truly want to be there to help make a difference in the lives of their kids. Okay, that's awesome. And just to give perspective to those people that might not be from Florida or Texas, where there might be these countywide school systems, you just you mentioned you are down by Orlando and in your district, your countywide school system, 87 Title I schools. How many, how many total schools? Do, do you know offhand how many total schools are in the county? have just under 200 schools we've got over 210,000 students now that is that is a that's an interesting system <laughs> yeah that's that's impressive all right so boys I'm gonna turn it over to you real quick so mom's full-time job is to try to get schools and parents to work together okay, I'm gonna to ask you a real question act like mom's not here she's not listening do you like it when mom comes to school for you yes I don't know yes and I don't know all right Levi we're gonna start with you with the yes why I don't know. I just like it. You like when mom is there. When, like, we, if she can come on trips or she can be in the school and she just hangs out with your teacher. What kinds of things do you like it when, when your mom can do with you? Field trips and things like that. Field trips? How come? Why, do, why is it important for you to have mom there when she can be there? Because she lets me do more things on the field trips and stuff like that. Ah, when mom is there, you actually have more freedom. Yes. That's interesting. Okay. And then you can actually know what I'm going to do and what I do. Okay. So mom can kind of give you a little bit more guidance and can teach a little bit while you're there as well. A little bit one up more one on one attention. Well, my mom chaperones my marching band. We sometimes it helps keep them under control a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> How so? Does, does is mom strict? Um no. But they have respect for, huh? I don't know. It just happens. <laughs> so, like me, and that's kind of helpful. Yeah, <laughs> that that is that is very helpful. So, what what is so cool about mom? Why why is your mom? Why do people like your mom? She's friendly. Friendly. Okay. What else? She's Brag on her. Get get yourself some bonus points right now. <laughs> what is so cool about your mom? Sometimes when I'm hungry. She so feeds you. She feeds you and she's nice to you. She smiles a lot. Does she laugh a lot? Yeah. Okay. Have you ever had a teacher in your school that is that reminds you a little bit of your mom? That's nice, friendly, maybe feeds you. Um, laughs yeah. a lot that kids like. Yes. You have? Uh, when you look back on the on this teacher, were they one of your favorite teachers? Yes. Yes. Okay. Describe your favorite teacher of all time. You, you don't have to mention their name. You can say boy or girl, what grade level, and why you liked them. She taught third grade, and she was super nice. Okay. And a lot of times she helped stop people who were getting mad at each other. Okay. So your third grade teacher is your favorite teacher, and one of the reasons you liked her is because she was nice, and she helped people get along. Yes. Awesome. That's cool. All right. Zane, what do you got? One of my favorite teachers taught language arts, and she helped me really learn how new, unique way to write essays, and I feel like I'm way better at it now. Oh, so your favorite teacher was somebody that gave you some confidence and made you feel like you were going to hold on to something, and this was a couple of years ago. 
gave you some stuff that you're still using today? It was last year. Last year. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, again, don't mention names. And this time I don't even want you to mention grade level or subject area. Have you ever had a teacher you didn't like? Um, you go first. The person was an art teacher. The person was substituting because the art teacher couldn't be there. Okay. And the person was very strict. And at the hmm. end of the school year, I didn't even get to keep half of the artwork I made. Oh, wow. Okay. So too many rules and then you didn't get to take your stuff home with you. That's I made this one thing that was really cool with clay, made like imprints in clay. We didn't even get to take it home. Oh right? wow. Wow. Okay. What you guys think? Um, one time I had a teacher and a lot of the times they didn't know how to deal with kids misbehaving and so it took up a lot of the class and we didn't get to learn much. Wow. I, I think it's interesting from both of you that your characteristics, the way that you describe both the teachers you like and the teachers that maybe didn't make that good of an impression on you, deal with how they made you feel and how they made other people feel. Not necessarily what you, like the, the academic stuff, but they gave you confidence or they helped people get along or just like with your mom, your mom feeds you, makes you feel full or makes you laugh and makes you smile. I, I think that's, that's pretty cool. So, so mom, I'm gonna, as opposed to the professional hat, the mom hat, what is it that you look for for teachers for your own kids? Um, that's a really great question. I always try to share with the teachers um, the strengths of my kids as well as the areas that we have concerns because I'm very blessed that I have two amazing children that are talented and they have gifts that I want to see nurture and grow. And so when, um, whenever the school year begins, I'll, I'll send an, an email to the principal or I'll have a meeting and say, this is the characteristics I'm looking for. For my children because I really feel like you know it's it's hard as a teacher when you have lots of kids and you don't know everything about their lives and you're not with them every day you might miss something really special about them sure. or you might overlook um, something where they might feel really insecure or they're not comfortable and so I've always tried to, to kind of get the message out there that you know my kids have needs just like everybody else here they are here's their strengths here's the way you can help them grow and hope that the people that make those decisions for the teachers keep that in mind so that they can have the right fit. And I'd say about 95% of the teachers we've been really pleased with. That's awesome. Now, when you go to parent-teacher conferences and, and things like that for, for your boys, do you, are you a, a parent who goes in seeking clarity on FSA, so standardized test scores and, and um, maybe NWA or whatever, formative um, assessments you guys do? Or are you looking for somebody that can relate to the social emotional needs of your kids? Which, what conversation excites you more? So definitely learning more about who they are as people. Um, yeah. I know that they're both um, doing well in school and I know where they have challenges. And so when we have our meetings, we do talk about those issues. But overall, I really try to help build up their strengths and help them see, you know, Levi and Zane both have very kind hearts. They're giving people and I want them to see that and I want them to acknowledge it and give them opportunities to develop those skills because, you know, as you see as adults now, that's what we need are people that are caring and compassionate about other people that are willing to be giving and willing to, you know, kind of help somebody else be in a better place than they are today. And so when I talk to the teachers and I ask, I ask questions about that. How are they getting along with their peers? What are some ways that they're helping out? Mm -hmm. Levi is running for student council president this year. That's a big, exciting thing because that shows to me that you know he wants to be a leader 
And uh, what was the thing you said you wanted? Why did you want to be the president? I wanted to help make fundraisers and things like that so that everyone in school can have good things to use. And that will get a reason. Um, so that all the fourth graders can go to St. Augustine for the field trip and have no one left out. But you also said that you like to help people solve problems. You like to, have to for the kids to be able to get along. And like he mentioned about his one favorite teacher, that's what he likes to do. And so when I meet with the teachers, I want to make sure that they see those positive skills because that's what we really truly need for the future of our country, our world. That's cool. Hey, guys, do you know what you're going to do when you graduate high school, when you're done with this whole thing called school? I want to be an artist or a photographer. Artist or photographer, and you said more school? College. College, okay. Where are you going to go to college? I don't know. I kind of want to go to UCF because I want to be an engineer. Central Florida to get an engineering degree. Wow. So engineer and some sort of artist. So you are both people that consider yourselves creative and you like to explore and invent new things, be innovative. Do you feel like in school you have opportunities to, to do that sort of thing, to follow your heart, your passion to, I, I know, <laughs> I, I know Levi, you talked about art is what's something you want to do, but you couldn't even bring home your projects when you had that sub. But do you feel like you have opportunities to explore that artistic side of you or are saying that innovative, creative engineering side at school? Um, I'm not, the only time I really am able to do that is when I go to art class, which is every Friday. And half the time I don't even get to go because there's always things going on or sometimes there's something which makes it where we can't go there. That's interesting. But then you also have your gifted class and you get to do a little bit of art during that class. Yeah. Gifted and then I can do STEM, which is science, engineering, um, technology and math. And art. Yeah. Technology. And, and, and technology. I forgot what it was. It's all good. Yeah. It's more like it's STEAM. So you got science, technology, engineering, art, and math. That's cool. Okay. And, and Zane, what about you? Your, your engineering mind? Yes, so I have, I'm in a club after school called Odyssey of the Mind, and the whole point of it is to be as creative as possible, and also my robotics class lets me build things and code and be creative with that, and it's really fun. That's awesome. I think I have good opportunities. No, that's very cool. So, Alina, how did, how did the, the, the kids get set up with either the gifted programming or Odyssey of the Mind, was that something you had to advocate for or did the teachers come to you and say, hey, we have these opportunities? Um, so when they both were in um, kindergarten, first grade, they were evaluated for the gifted program and they were eligible um, for it based on the criteria that was set forth by the state. And so um, every school in Orange County, um, and actually the state of Florida has that. So they build it into their curriculum. Um, so I guess in a sense, I, I did have to advocate that I didn't reach out for it, although one of their teachers did come to me and say, hey, you should have them evaluated. Uh, but then when it comes to like the, the Odyssey of the Mind and such, um, that's something that uh, we heard about at the school and thought sounded interesting. Uh, Zane is in a magnet program that focuses on engineering, so a lot of the classes he takes um, are right on his interest level. So I was excited to hear about this, and he went to the meeting and thought it was something he would be interested in doing, and um, you know, he's excited. He's dressing in costume right now. So. <laughs> that's amazing. That's so good. So that uh, professional hat on now. So you work in these, you work supporting primarily these 87 schools, um, trying to encourage parental engagement. And 
because the fact that your position even exists tells us that parental engagement might not necessarily be where it could be or should be to reach optimal potential for, for these kiddos and changing their destinies. Um, how do you help support other parents that might not have access to information like you do for your kids who might not be able to truly advocate to get their kids these same outlets and pathways for their future? How, do, how, how does that pipeline work? Yeah, so um, as we mentioned earlier, our district is very large. Uh, we, we have a lot of resources out there. And, and even though there are a ton of things going on, it's not easy to find all of them sometimes. Yeah. And so a lot of it's word of mouth. You hear other people talking about it. Um, my, my past role, I was the staffing specialist at a, a couple of different elementary schools. And my role is to kind of bring together the parents for IEP meetings and help them learn the process and advocate for the right courses and schedules and things like that. And so when I would have those meetings, I would ask parents lots of questions and kind of help guide them towards the resources that we offer in our district. Um, the, the, in my current role, I'm working with Title I schools and a lot of the families in those Title I schools don't really have access or knowledge of all the vast differences and things we have going on in the district. Yeah. And so uh, helping to provide professional learning for the people that I support, it's critical to them communicating those resources that are out there. But you know, whenever I'm out in the community or I'm at different events or I'm meeting people, I listen to what their interests are and what their kids are doing. And then if I think there might be something that they should look for, then I'll share that information. You know, connections, a lot, of, a lot of it is just meeting people and talking. Um, yeah. And that's kind of how you find out about a lot of it. That's awesome. That's very good. It's so I worked in Florida for a few years at a, a Title I school as a, as a principal, and the idea of a having a staffing specialist was foreign to me. Here in Michigan, that that position doesn't exist. So having somebody that's truly that advocate to bring the team together, um, primarily at IEP meetings and for the special ed programming, um, is is a powerful role. And even the role that you have right now, um, working primarily through Title I, you're funded through Title I, working on parent engagement is not something that we have in most of our school systems. Primarily, we're smaller systems. We don't have as much of a, a budget to work with, but I think it's a powerful model to recognize that these are specific needs for, for our kids. And you can look at it through a different lens. I mean, your kids are kids that um, are probably on that other end of, um, I don't want to say the spectrum, but they are on the other end of, of need. They are high achieving, they are on the, the gifted and engineering and artistic minds, but you still have to constantly advocate for their needs to be met as well, which is, which is pretty cool that you can balance both of those um, by day and at night. So, so <laughs> right. So guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you a big question now, okay? It sounds like you guys have a lot going for you. You guys have schools that are trying really, really hard to, um, give you what you need, what you want to fill your passions and to prepare you for the future. You got a mom that's working really hard to help other kids as well as you. But it's possible that your schools still aren't 100% perfect, that there are still some things that could be fixed, tweaked, changed, or, or maybe you think they are perfect. So I want you to think really, really carefully because my job, my real day job when I'm not doing podcasts is to help schools get better. I used to be a principal and now I get to work with a lot of schools just going in and saying, here's what kids need. Let's make it happen. What do you think schools need to be even better than they are today? I think schools need less people who are mean. Okay. So by, by nature, you're, you're saying more people that are nice, 
and less people that are mean. By people, are you saying kids or adults or everybody? Everybody. Everybody. Wow, that's powerful. Okay. Um, more artistic kind of things. Because there's already a lot of engineering in my school. Every quarter there's a STEM project. Hmm. And that is like, for example, what we just did was you had to make a conveyor belt out of these certain materials that could move five mini marshmallows the fastest time would win. So then I got to the top three in my school, and then I went first for the county. And they have a lot of things like that of engineering things in my school, but I want more like artistic kinds of things. Wow, that's powerful. And I love the fact that you're able to voice that right now. So I think oftentimes people like me, we think we have all the answers and we put up these programs and say, oh, this is what kids need. But we don't necessarily listen to people like you that say, no, this is what I want. That's, that's powerful. I appreciate you sharing that. All right, Zane, what you got? So I think that schools should have more like things that cater to students' individual needs mm. and like adapt to their ability. Like maybe if they're super behind or super ahead, there could be like an extra thing that they could do that would help them continue on their path. And wow. also have, they should like do some cooperation between like classes to see that the total amount of homework doesn't add up to an exponential amount. Right. So you're saying you want teachers that actually communicate and talk to each other and you want uh, schools that listen to kids. So I, I've said before, there's a difference between reaching each kid and reaching every kid. I think you just said it a whole lot better than I ever could, where you're saying you want people to listen to your needs and each kid's needs, not just saying, here's what this group of kids need. Is that right? Mm -hmm. That was awesome. All right, mom, put you on the spot. What about you? Wow, I've had the opportunity of working in a lot of schools in our district. And um, one thing I think that we do well in the district is we have standards in place so that no matter what school you attend across the district, there's kind of a commonality. Mm. Um, where I do feel that we could have more flexibility is in um, integrating subject matter. Um, mm -hmm. In Florida, we know that you have to have a 90-minute reading block. You have to have 120 minutes a week of PE. And you have to have all these other things, and, and your days filled up. And it's just too segmented. And if, if we can have more of a holistic approach where things are more thematic, you can incorporate the math, you can incorporate the art, the reading. You can uh, have projects for kids that are at their different levels. It'd be a lot more work and planning um, in order to meet those rigorous standards that are set forth. But I think it would reach the needs of more students and it would make learning more fun. Life is not math, reading, science. Yes. Life is living all of it together. And I think if we were able to have more flexibility in our schools to integrate that way, I think you'd see a lot more happy students, a lot more engaged students. I think you would discover a lot more talents and exceptionalities that kids have that we don't get to see. I think about students who, after dismissal, they're walking down the street and they're rapping these amazing lyrics, but in class they're in trouble all day. Why don't you nurture that gift of being able to put words together and to create a message and weave that into your studies? Then you're going to engage them in learning and they're going to skyrocket. Yep. So I really think we have to be right there in tune with what, what, who they are in order to give them what they need. 
I think that's that's so spot on. You're, you're you're basically summarizing what Sir Ken Robinson has been telling the world. Ken Robinson, for people who have never heard of him, for some reason, the most viewed person in TED Talk history, the most popular TED Talks ever, because he speaks to this about un, untapping creativity in kids. And he says that exactly what you just said, subject areas only exist in schools. And if our job is to prepare kids for life, maybe we need to, to reinvent some things here. And I think you're spot on. That was truly the biggest struggle I had as a principal down there was trying to decide, is this a reading? Is this reading or is this science or is this socialist? How, where do I fit this in the time block? You know, like you mentioned, you, there's so many minutes you have to have for PE every week and so many minutes every day after for reading. If you give kids a playbook to read um, in, when they're doing a football unit in PE, is that reading or is that PE? If it's, if, they're, if they have to read a textbook for science, is that science or is that reading? I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous the boxes we make people live in as opposed to just untapping things and saying, let's just make this authentic and make sure the kids are learning. Have the standards. Why don't we just say master the standards as opposed to fit things within a time limit? It's, that's, I don't know, I'm preaching to the choir. Sorry, I could go on and on and on about that. Basically, what I'm hearing, <laughs> what I'm hearing from all three of you is let kids be creative. Let's let them be truly prepared for their own passions, for their own needs, for their own world. Let's cater to that as opposed to making everybody fit within our own box. Is that, is that accurate? Absolutely. Awesome. You know, you guys are absolutely incredible. I appreciate so much you guys all giving up time today to chat and talk. I, I know sometimes um, doing things like this can be cumbersome and you think, is it, does it really have value? But I'm telling you right now, there are going to be people that are going to listen to this. They're going to be saying, amen, preach it, um, and sharing it with their principals and their schools all over the place. And we've got a little oxen walking across the stage. Awesome. Um, because you guys truly are going to be what changes the world. You guys are going to change everything. And it's not just going to be when you guys are adults. It truly starts right here. So I appreciate you giving us your voice and being willing and brave enough to share it and for just taking time out of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dave. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Bye. Bye.